Mm. Would you agree that is the goal of this podcast? That's like the milestone. We can we, not only milestone. not only if that ever happens, not only could we stop the podcast, we could also stop being friends. <laughs> Having achieved uh, Hey up and welcome to the Temple of Blair podcast. Uh, it's it's a weekly metal news roundup, mate. What else do you want? It's it's fucking brilliant. Uh, we also go down a million other rabbit holes. And with me so today, so many rabbit holes. So many rabbit holes. I, I'm Jim, and this is my co-host Raw. You're right. I'm all right, man. I'm just fucked, absolutely fucked. Yeah. <clears throat> I um did my strong list today, but I also did my first um intervals with running since my, recovering from my shin splints. Ooh, so I've got an ice pack. Yeah, I'm, I've, got, I've got an ice pack now. Um, just so yeah, I'm not worried about, but I think the shin, the ankles are taking a bit of a strain. The world, the world, which is why you just need to do more weights to make them strong. This is what I'm thinking, man. Definitely, man. Definitely, what you need to be doing more weights to make your ankles strong, so you get heavier. So it hurts more when you run, but then your ankles get stronger. So it's all this perpetual thing of being in pain, but you're actually getting stronger. Um. I take the philosophy of the Doom guy as well. I chose the path of perpetual torment. Exactly. Well, my one is, it's like when I started doing, before all this shit went on and I started doing uh, jujitsu and weightlifting in the same day sometimes, it's just that sour on picture going, so you have elected the way of pain. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think in that scenario, your jujitsu um, coach is Saruman at the start of that, when he's uh, late is the hour and Gandalf the Grey seeks my counsel. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, but just a bald version with facial scars he's got from being glassed when he were a bouncer. So. <laughs> I presume that's what they're from. I don't, I don't know what his scars are from. They're there, and when he's getting in your face, he goes, ah! it, it looks scary as fuck. So the what we all know is that no one goes into that vocation um, cleanly. No one's no one's gone. Oh yeah, I worked in a, for an insurance company for twenty years, and then I decided to do a jujitsu course, and now I'm a Brazilian jujitsu coach. No one's ever done that. It's always know, yeah. I was I was fucking bored after coming back from Afghanistan, so I wanted to fuck <laughs> up and. <laughs> no, no, no! If you've been twenty years doing doing your accountancy, but then doing jujitsu on the side and decide you want to get out of accountancy, you've been training consistently for those twenty years. You're probably a black belt, and you can probably open your own school. So. You've probably got PTSD from being an accountant. It's that. Quite possibly, man. Quite possibly. Speaking, speaking as a white-collar um, aficionado, I yeah. can speak uh, from years of experience. That it's just, it, it it does things to you you, don't think, you didn't think could happen to someone sitting in an office doing fuck all. The thousand spreadsheets there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so many PowerPoints, so many PowerPoints, man. <laughs> all right, should we... Um, do you want to hit me up with some metal news? I would love to hit you up with some metal news, mate. Right. Um, my uh, first uh, item of news, these are not in order of importance. These are just oh. in the order that I found them. Uh, so my first order of news is Alien Weaponry have lost their basis. Alien Weaponry have lost... Who are Alien Weaponry? I've never heard of this one. A right. Alien Weaponry, Jim. Go and listen to after this, because Alien Weaponry are fucking brilliant. They're a thrash band from New Zealand, and half of the lyrics are in... I know the proper name for it, but it's Maori. I think the proper word is tepono, I think is the proper okay. thing. Any, any, um, and you'll like this, Jim, any blessiples in New Zealand, eh? Yeah, blessiples, <laughs> yeah. Any blessiples in New Zealand, if I fucked that up, shout at me. Uh, but yeah, Alien Weapon, they're a cool thrash band. Uh, but the thing is, uh, the cool songs that start off in Maori just sound as though you're being assaulted by tribal warriors because it's all, you know, it's like the hacker, but to metal. So you so see, it was like Roots by Sepultura. Well, not Roots, yeah, but uh, yeah, they are very, very, yeah, they're very fucking Sepultura. But then the thing is, you think they're going to be these, you know, stacked motherfucking all blacks warriors of, um, what was it, uh, Par Fort, where they defeated the British with the unsportsmanlike tactic of hiding in little holes and then jumping out on us, you know, <laughs> mongrel mob motherfuckers. But they're all like skinny white dudes, they're all like 20. All right. But they've been a band since they were 14. And we saw them at Bloodstock and they were really, really fucking good. So they've lost their bassist. I don't so know. When you, say, when you say they've lost their bassist, I'm he's taking. Not dead. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's, he's not dead. He's not left. He's no. missing. No, they've. They're sort of like the. The, the headline said lose basis, so I don't know if he's gone. Boys, I, I just can't, I just can't do this anymore. So, 
I think they've got a new basis, and hopefully the new basis is a massive Maori motherfucker to add a bit of credence to it, because some of the songs sound like the awesome Maori shit, and then the ones mm. where they sing in English, it's like Metal Hansen, and it just doesn't work. So I want like more Maoris in that band, or at least for the lads, just to get absolutely fucking built, like get on the pies and whatever beer they have in New Zealand, just start lifting up fucking seashells and sheep and fucking orcs and what you know. Once again, it sounds what, like you're you're wanting a band to make Gua look like imposters. Yeah, that's that's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> I want Gua. Yeah, I want them to make Gua look like fucking imposters and keep on making the fucking Maori music. So just drop all the shit in English because no one, no one in that tent went to see him for that. No one in that little selfie tent at Bloodstock was like, "Oh, did we hear Alien Weppery's song in English?" Like, no. It's like, did you hear that Maori war chant? You know? <laughs> I wonder if the bassist then, as in the one that they just lost, just mm. didn't have the warrior spirit. Quite possible, Jim. Quite possible. Hmm. That's a shitter, anyway. It is a shitter, but yeah, they're still still writing and recording, so it's all yeah. good. But, yeah, when they tour again, man, we'll go see them because they're fucking good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Right, I've got one for you. Go on. Uh, they're doing a a, um, a documentary about Chris Holmes from Wasp. Oh, I. As in, just about him. Just about him, not not about Blackie Lawless. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with Blackie <laughs> Lawless at all. It's all to do with Chris Holmes. And if right. you don't know who Chris Holmes is. But if you've seen the Metal Years, the decline of Western civilization, he's the guy who is in a pool, fully dressed, necking vodka, uh, with his mum sat at the side, looking disappointingly at him as the interviewer asks, so what's your relationship with alcohol? He's like, I'm a full-blown alcoholic. I'm not really a fan of the guy that I am, I am now. And then he just literally opens a bottle of Smirnoff, just pours it all over his face, offers a bit to his mum. It's great. Does his mum take it? Um, she has it with some orange juice. She's a good mum then, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> But they're doing a full-blown documentary about him because I think he's when he left Wasp, he moved to France. Right. And he can't, mm. and he's he's done some solo stuff, and he's done a bit of this and a bit of that. But yeah. I think um, I think maybe I feel like the way it's sort of pitched to me is it's kind of an expansion on that particular scene in the Metal Years <laughs> where he reflects on his absolute anarchy. Right. So it's just just a guy in a pool in France, like plowing through red wine, going, "Well, this is where my life went wrong for the first time. This is where <laughs> it went wrong for the second time." Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I'm not I'm not too familiar with Wasp, nor am I too familiar with Chris Holmes. But I know that much about him, so I know this is going to be. This feels like a bit of a diamond in the rough, and a bit. It feels yeah. a bit um, off piste, and I'm all for that. And they're doing it. They bring it out somewhere towards the end of the year. So yeah. I reckon it, they're trying to get it all swept up into the you know the film festivals of next year and ah, shit. So cool, cool. It's, it's serious business about Chris Holmes. Serious business about Chris Holmes could be could be. Worth That's not it. what it's called, but it could be. <laughs> it should be just the serious business about Chris Holmes. Ooh, yeah, we like that. We like that. <laughs> so yeah. Chris Holmes documentary. Uh, do, do you want my next item of news? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, this is this is something that just took my eye, and I think it's winner of uh, best band name of the week. Oh, God. Uh, Corgul the Exterminator have a new album out. <laughs> Can't spell that out. It is K O R G U double L. I think there's an umlaut in there somewhere. The Exterminator. Right. Excellent. Yep, they are a blackened thrash band from Spain. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. The new album's called Summit About Spikes, but I mean, they're called Corgul the Exterminator, so why wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love to be in a band that puts out an album called Something About Spikes. What's it called? I'm going to have to find this now. It's, oh, God, what is it? Because I was listening to it the other day. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Pull that up, Jamie. Pull that up, Jamie. Uh, oh, God, what's the fucking album called now? Cargo looks doing it. Sharpen Your Spikes, that's where it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Something about spike. I prefer your title. <laughs> yeah, right, we're called Gold Exterminator. This song's called Summit About Spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. I like, you know what? Whenever you mention a band, I put it on my. I've got a one note open. I always just add the name to a little table on the side of like a to do list. Uh, Jim, as, as you know me, I'm, 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 that, I'm the person who bought Old Spice deodorant purely because I saw an advert that says smells like jet fighters and punching. I'm like, yes! I want to be in on that. So oh, I, I buy Old Spice, but that's just yeah. because Bruce Campbell was in the adverts in the early 2000s, yeah. and I thought, yeah. well, I've got to support my boy Bruce. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you want to sell something to me, give it a stupid name. Mm. Uh, I'll probably consider buying it. <laughs> right, so that's Corgle the Exterminator. That is Corgle the Exterminator, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what have I got? I've got a William Shatner's coming out with a new record. Oh, I. It's a blues yeah. album. I'm got. I'm got metal, Jim. It's just. It's just a bit. Bit of fun, isn't it? Actually, you know what? Richie fucking Blackmore's on it. Oh. So there you go. He's on a track. Alright, Okay. So if you need some more um, over-celebrated mediocrity in your life, now you know <laughs> William Shatner's coming out with a blues album. Yeah. I want to read his books. Which one? Tech Wars. Is it one of those autobiographical ones like... No, 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 Jim. It's a sci-fi series. William Shatner's written sci-fi series. Oh, right. Oh, is it... Wait, is it the one where... It's the alternate universe Star Trek where he writes... He basically writes William Shatner... No, he basically writes Captain Kirk stories that are not canonical to the Star Trek universe because he wasn't satisfied that Kirk died in Generations or something like that. Yeah, I know. It's Tech tech War. Sorry, not Tech Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... I know it's... Oh. Oh, I feel lied to now. Uh, it was created by William Shatner and ghostwritten by someone else. Classic uh, Shatner. Classic Shatner. But, Put yeah, in the wool um, over your eyes, man. There are nine books in the uh, Tech War series. And, oh my god. Ah, it was a television franchise. A, oh, I was taking a big slurp of decaffeinated coffee then. Sorry, we've gone down the first rabbit hole, which is uh, Tech War books, and there was also a series. Who was in the series, though? Any any names that we can uh, um, refer to? Sheena Easton guest stars in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to go to um, IMDb for this. But yeah, um, this is the investigation now. To a see if I can get all of the books. B see if I can get all of the uh, series. And I will add that into a uh, what is <laughs> what you've been doing this week, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> the quest for tech war. <laughs> it's just a um, a great version of Common People by Pulp. You need to hear that. I want to sleep with common people. It's literally, it's that. I want to do what common people do. Yeah. I like his version of uh, CeeLo Green's Fuck You. <laughs> no, I heard that one. It's good. It's good, Jim. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Have you got more nuggets of gold for me? I've got a couple more, mm. but I don't think they're as worthy as yours, if I'm being honest. Sorry, I'm being very unprofessional and eating my protein yogurt in between now. It's all right. I can go for another one if you need more time to munch. No, no, good, good. All right, Jim. I know you're a fan of uh, tap memorabilia. Love it. Yeah, love it. So um, D. Snyder's got his own Funko Pop coming out. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen this, man. <laughs> he, he's just unstoppable. Apparently he's got a solo album out as well. D. Snyder's solo stuff is really good. I bet it is. He did Bloodstock last year. It is, it's D. Snyder singing like he's in Twisted Sister, but after a few more fags. And, but then it's like proper good riffs, and it's very it's metal. It's not classic rock or all like that. Mm. <clears> it's but weird because he's, like, he's, such, he's such a like one of those mainstay people's, people that you always hear about and you always know about, but no one he doesn't really have the following like David Lee Roth or... No. Um, so your, your Lemmy's, those big sort of mainstay yeah. people. But he's consistently fucking amazing. He is because again a lot of respect for him like watching him live because it's one of them where you're kind of like I've never heard any D Snyder solo stuff would it be good to see D Snyder on stage yeah go on we'll we'll grab a couple of cams and we'll go it's D Snyder but it was just taking the piss out of himself and the audience for the entire thing yeah. like if you saw people like like running off the crowd he was like oh oh what just because they say twisted fucking sister you're running away fuck you <laughs> fuck you you. F- and they just go, yeah. I'm gonna, we're gonna play. We're not gonna take it at some point. No, no, no. It was my shit. It's not Twisted Sister. Fuck you. This is not Twisted Sister. But like <laughs> laughing his ass off throughout the entirety of it. Not like when, um, not like what's his face out of Venom was. When, I can't remember which Venom it was. If it was Venom or Venom Inc. But it was just Kronos doing his wings, going, oh, we're Venom. We invented black metal. Why are we playing in the afternoon? No, 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 no. And I was like, what do you want to just play in league with Satan and fuck off. Do you want. see the Do you see the um, Cradle of Filth set where one of them got hit in the head with a gobstopper? I was there for that, yes, and I was there for the bollocking that the uh, organizer gave the entire crowd and felt very ashamed, even though I didn't throw a gobstopper. I thought he's um, the announcer. That was back in the days when they had an, an announcer. Yeah, you could tell he he loved his job way too much, and it was like getting a bit. It was grating on me after a while. <laughs> but, and his voice the, the thing that um, was good then 
but was his voice was so fucked he couldn't really bring himself to maximize the bollocking. <laughs> it was he was sort of stuck at about sixty percent. Oh god, you were there for that one, weren't you? I was hammered. Uh, I was hammered for that. I one. know you were. That was where Bob slept in that tent grave, wasn't it? <laughs> tent grave. What the fuck am I? I don't remember he took his tent and like, all the poles broke oh, yeah. so he just slept in a fucking mess so just every morning he'd wake up his fat face out of the tent crack a beer and be like hey Bob have a good night's sleep he's like no it's like a tarp sandwich <laughs> no, I remember that because I remember I went to the, the um, went to the medical tent every day at that festival oh god we just going a little bit too hard yeah, but yeah. Once again, mate, rabbit holes. We got we got from D Snyder Funko Pop to Tap Sandwich. Tap Sandwich. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have, have you got any more news then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was on about the Trivium um, live stream show. Yeah. And that was pretty good and all that. that. They're doing another one this weekend. But this one's for free, and it's called Deep Cuts or the Deepest right. Cuts. And it's literally just doing a set of songs which they'd never play on a normal tour. Oh, like, like, the, stuff. Um, like the Made in England one? Kind of. Like, Made in England was, was like a set based on a set from 30 years ago, whereas this is kind of like um, just the obscure shit that they've never played live or don't play live very often and don't plan on playing live on a normal tour. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's got all sorts of, like, got Suffocation in there. Uh, oh, sorry, Suffocating site. I've got um, a few of the ones from Shogun, which we don't hear very often. I'm, yeah, it should be pretty... Th- but this is the problem. Um it clashes with the down gig that's this Ooh. weekend as well. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So. Is it choices? I think the down show starts at about six, I think, UK time, and then Trivium starts at eight, I think. You might, it's, uh, you might be able to catch them both, man. It's that, <laughs> and I think, because it's, um, I think the Trivium one's free, and it's on Matt Heavy's, um Twitch channel, so I think once it's done, it's just there yeah. to refer back to. But you know, I'll just be, I'll just be, whatever I'm doing that night, I'll be watching any gig that's on and writing the script for our feature in a few weeks. All right, okay. That's what I'll yeah, be doing. Yeah. I'm a thousand words in so far. I'm aiming for about 6,000 words. A <laughs> thousand words in. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not messing, man. This is, yeah, I even contacted the British Library today because I've got the British Library not too far from my house. Yeah. Um, I found out they've got all, all, every single publica- uh, every single British publication that's ever in existence they've got so they've got all your back issues of metal armor all your back issues of kerrang all the melody makers all that shit so I can, do they have razzle i don't know if they got razzle i can find out for you <laughs> I will do that in a minute. <laughs> if it's published they've got it <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so my concern <laughs> is that i'm going to go in having written six thousand words on this particular little project and it's not going to be as well researched as it could be, but I think I'm going to do it anyway and then just sort of backfill it if I find out stuff going forward. Cool. But they won't let anyone in, point being. They're not going to let anyone yeah. in. Yeah, well, well, Jim, um, you, you do that and I'll, you, you research your project. I'll read Razzle and just react to both Razzle and your project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bastard. Oh, God. Right, yeah. Oh, fuck, so, but... yeah, that's happening. Right, so, yeah. Cool. So that's that for this time. So yeah, if you're uh, knocking about for that, that's uh, down our Matt Heafy's free gig. Is it? Is it my news again? Is it? Yeah, man. Yep. Um, there's a Phil Linnett documentary coming out at some point. Oh, what's it called? Um, I don't know. I, I'm always, I'm always, <laughs> I always ask what things are called because I'm always wanting like the pun title. Yeah, I, d- I don't know if there's a pun title, but I, d- I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like Phil referred to himself as once when the nurse asked him Phil where it's like being black and Irish and he just replied it's like being a pint of Guinness. Maybe it's called like a pint of Guinness or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Because I've, I've got I've got quite a big for thin lizard. Um, yeah, yeah. No, same here. I think they're one of those. Um, they sort of occupy the same space as D Snyder in terms of I wouldn't immediately go for thin lizard unless I'm really in the mood. Ah, oh, no, no, dude, Thin Lizzy are fucking brilliant. Uh, the documentary is called Phil Linnett's Songs for While I'm Aware. Oh, that's nice, I guess. Yeah, that's nice. But yeah, um, which song is it, Thin Lizzy? It's like um, Thunder and Lightning Man. You listen to that and it's just thrash. That right. song is just thrash. It's thrash done in like 1970-some, but 
it's just this relentless pounding fucking thing and you're like dude that must have been heavy as fuck when it mm. came out I need to give Thin Lizzy more time a day because yeah. they're one of those bands I get cognitive dissonance about like I like I understand the era of Maiden is they were unsigned for five years from 75 to 80 then 80 onwards and I know every year for every album same like Metallica and all that stuff Thin Lizzy, I know they sort of operated mid seventies, maybe even early seventies, through mm. to mid to early eighties, mm. and I sort of know it roughly. And then they broke up, and then Phil Lynott died. Mm. And I can't remember when, he, but I, the, I can't place it in sort of my narrative of where music was yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. And I think I, I feel like it, it deserves more attention from me because it is oh, up my dude. street. <clears throat> dude, it does because. I listened to a fair bit of them. It's the band that my dad has seen the most times out of all the bands my dad has seen. Really? Yeah, yeah. You've been postling it? Uh, yeah, he saw them a lot. I think they were just touring fucking constantly during the 80s, late 70s and 80s, and my dad must have Oh, right. I mean, like, I mean, like, did you see him like, after he died and they replaced the singer? Because I know they came out, they did that for a while, didn't they? They yeah. had a different singer, and then they renamed themselves Black Star Riders, who are now yeah. sort of more accepted as their own band. Yeah, yeah, he, he might have seen him without Phil. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I'll, I'll sit him down and get the get the number count if you really, really want. Um, but mm. yeah, no, Thin Lizzy's good, man, because you just sort of like listen. You got songs like Thunder and Lightning, which is like the proto thrash song, and you know, just the song um, the Rocker, which is just basically yeah, yeah. Phil Lynott stood in a bar going "Shag me because I'm a rocker," and that's mm. that's the song. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I'm filling it, I'm sexy as fuck, jump on my dick. That's that's the uh is it, I think it's live of dangerous when he goes, Anybody here got a bit of Irish in them? Way <laughs> anybody here want a bit more Irish in them? <laughs> exactly. And it's just the way he pulls it off, there was people going, Yeah, that's me yeah, whereas do that today and stuff. I'm like, oh god, you're so cheesy. Oh, you're a pervert. Whereas if Phil Lynn I think even if Phil Lynn did it today, everyone would be like, Yeah. You're saying like, um Phil Linnett, the absence of Phil Linnett has mm. caused everyone to be too sensitive to sexual prowess. Exactly. Well, you've only got Phil to blame then, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah, if Phil Linnett hadn't died, um, yeah, everyone would be a lot more accepting of dudes with massive dicks in tight leather pants waving it in people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to give that a watch. <laughs> what, Phil Linnett's tight dick in leather pants? I'm, I'm assuming that's what the documentary's about anyway. Probably, possibly, <laughs> I don't know. But it'll be on the cinema, so you can probably IMAX 3D at the same time. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> Any more news, Jim? Um, I've got, I've got two. So uh, it looks like in the states uh, they're trying to pass the Save Our Stages Act, which yeah. is basically releasing ten billion dollars of funding uh, for independent venues. So it's effectively they've decided to furlough, which is what the UK was doing mm-hmm. two months. Um, so I guess that's quite nice if it keeps them going for a few months because they did an independent study and like most most venues, if not all, will not survive the next few months in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's fucked everyone. But mm. uh, to reflect on that kind of situation in the UK, we had a grant, I can't remember what the amount was, uh, for effectively the arts and things like that. Mm. Um, it's fine for venues, but the gig economy and the crew economy is fucked. Yeah. Again. We're not going to see like, the the light, the live sound and light crew um, and your tour managers and all that stuff. They're not going to see the trickle down effect of it. So I think it's going to be completely fucked. Mm-hmm. I reckon when it, if it all comes back, if it all came back tomorrow, the biggest problem you're going to have is everyone's lowballing each other because everyone's mm-hmm. so desperate for work. Everyone's day rates are going to get slashed. Mm-hmm. What you'd not if you normally work for X amount a day, you're going to be working for half of that now. Mm-hmm. That's my that's what I think. Mm-hmm. In my shit opinion. In your fit opinion, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What what can the government do? We can't exactly have a nuanced look. Save our stages acts and uh, give all the uh, the funding to the independent venues to keep everything on the road, and also save our crew act because it doesn't feel that doesn't feel sustainable. It's probably mm. too nuanced to deploy properly. Mm. How about they just um, start putting gigs back on in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I mean. If, if it was me, right, and I was the king of the world and mm. everything was over and we were, mm. we were we were happy to start having gigs again, I'd be saying, right, Metallica, I know you usually do your summer stints across the festivals, but now you're going to double down on the dates and you're mm. going to play all the fucking small venues. Mm. Char- charge what you want, but pack out, for example, if Leeds, mm. Cock- Leeds Cockpit was about, you're going to play Leeds Cockpit. Get, go yeah. around, 
do Brundle Social Club next night. Just literally just go <laughs> fucking hit all of them. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a... Start the music economy with Talica. <laughs> well, yeah, like getting made to do the fucking pub gigs. And yeah, I'm serious. Like, this is how you do it. If you want, if you really want it to, to, to kickstart and come back in a, in a, in a good way, ah. get your big ass, just put more money over the counter. Jim, Jim, I've had a, I've had a brainwave. Right. We can solve two birds with one stone here. Kill two birds with one stone here. So we can get the gig economy running and all these brews that brewers have been making throughout lockdown because they're still, we're halfway through, that are going to come to fruition now. What you do is every gig ticket, you get a free pint. Boom. Boom. It's going to get people in gig venues. It's going to get people drinking. Actually, no. No, no, no. Every gig ticket, you get two free pints. So that means you have two. You're always going to have that cheeky third, aren't you? And then you're away. <laughs> you can't have an even number of pints unless it's ten. Yeah, can't have an even number of pints unless it's ten. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone knows as soon as you've had that third pint, that's when you either go home or you go on a bender. And I think it's a fifty-fifty coin flip. That so you're gonna have more people on benders, more people putting money into that and going, "Fuck me, that were a good night. Let's go to that gig venue again." Yeah, once Metallica's <laughs> finished, Elton John's finale tour will be going at the pub down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Elton John's a shithead, but Reg Dwight played down that pub. You were amazing. <laughs> I think that's how you do it. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, everyone's going to be clamoring to get a gig back on. And any little pissy band that no one's ever heard of mm. is going to be playing every night because the, the venues are desperate mm. to get acts on and get people through the door. Mm. You know, and it could cause a contentious relationship between bands and promoters and, and things like that. It's probably going to be more harmful for the community than. Well. The promoter, Jim, the promoter would obviously get three pints to keep him sweet. Of course. He gets <laughs> course. every night. Because the promoter is the same guy that does the pub quiz on the Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, my point about that is like, it looks like there's some movement in that space in the States. And mm. yeah, just to shed a bit of light on when it all starts going back to normal, start doing gigs and stuff, it's going to be interesting, I think. It's going to be very interesting sure. from a... Uh, ecum- what, what was that father's headline? An ecumen- ecumenical matter. Ecumen- yeah, from an ecumenical <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear another long rambling tale that actually gets to a news story at some point? Yep, yeah, always. Cool. Right. Once again, it's, it's all Bloodstock related. I think Bloodstock should be giving us money for the amount of times we mention them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Bloodstock 2018, because Judas Priest were playing, I was wearing... Uh, uh, leather bikery hat along with makeup and a string vest and some leggings because that's what you're doing. Uh, I'm stood there watching um, some band on the uh, tiny stage. Not is it the Jaegers? No, the one that's bigger than the, Jaeger, the New Blood stage. That was it. I see. Yeah. I'm stood there. I'm stood there watching a bad sort of thing, and all of a sudden I feel this massive whack on my head and just see this leather jacketed shape like walking away sort of thing. I'm like, what the fuck was that? I take off my hat and see that they'd slapped a sticker on the top of my uh, the top of my hat. The sticker says Dream Troll on it. And Dream Troll have released a new EP. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, let me just refer to my notes. Alien Weaponry, Coggle the Exterminator, and fucking Dream Troll. Dream Troll. I, I, I have a similar anecdote which I'll follow this up with. <laughs> and also Dream Troll, uh, I think they're going to be playing, because they're uh, from around us, they're going to be playing at Manifest, which is in Keithley, uh, next year, I think. Right. So uh, that's that's Dream Troll, yeah. uh, new EP, probably something to do with trolls or dreams. The very new new wave of British heavy metal, but a bit heavier. They're they're, they're all right, but like I said, um, they assaulted me, and now I'm telling the entire world that Dream Troll assaulted me. Excellent. <laughs> 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 I, you know, what, in terms of like grassroots for sort of groundswell promoting bands, I like that. Yeah, and I'll tell I'll tell you for why because in in 2007 when I were a lad uh, when I were a lad we went to um, Grass Pop in Belgium mm-hmm. and it was me Bob and Brock <laughs> Brock was having his fucking <laughs> Bob was in his um, tarp sandwich <laughs> again <laughs> in a different country and um, <laughs> was a brie on this one <laughs> yeah and um, this guy just wandered into our campsite just shit faced and he was throwing CDs at everyone. Um, <laughs> And he sat down with us, and he, we couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying. He was like, he, he insisted his name was Saruman. And I know we've referred to Saruman <laughs> three times now in this podcast. But he was like, this is my band. This is my band, Gasoline Queen. And uh, <laughs> gave us all a Gasoline Queen CD. And we did, thought yeah. nothing of it. And three years later, me and you are at Wacken Open Air Festival watching Airborne. 
and uh, something lands on the stage next to, I think his name's Joel, um, the singer, and he picks it up and just goes, huh, I want to give a shout out to Gasoline Queen. And I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking God. Sauron Man. Sauron Man is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my uh, Dream Tron news. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's a. We should just do a. I should just do a Spotify playlist of all these bands you keep referring to, and make it public, and then add the link. <laughs> yeah. 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 All that signal boosting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my last bit was um, apparently the singers left a trio. Mm. I didn't. That sounded way more solemn and sad than I meant it to. Mm. But then again, two days later, he's tweeted that it's fake news, so no one knows what's going on. Ah. Uh. Well, I, I saw this on the, uh, you know, metal metal news flow that I'm attached to, and I didn't mm. really regard that as news. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it's so uncertain. That's why it's at the bottom of my list. Shatner, Shatner's above him. Yeah, I just saw Trey lose the singer. I'm like, and that's not news, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's not fucking alien weaponry, is it? It's not alien weaponry at all, mate. It's like, yeah, man. It's like alien weaponry, even without the huge Maori motherfucker, could beat the shit out of the Trey. <laughs> We'll see what happens there. I quite like a train. Yeah, I always get confused between them and Caliban. Fair enough. I always get confused between uh, Chimera and Caliban. Really? Yep. Even though Chimera are like way better. Yep. Yeah. God, I don't a... know what to tell you. Yeah. Oh god. Who supported at Chimera and Lama God? I think it was just Chimera and Lama God, wasn't it? Just Chimera. And... Yeah. That corp, wasn't it? That. Yeah. That was a good gig. Actually, I think there was another band. Can't remember what they were called though. Hmm. Got me thinking now, man. Mm. Mm. Anyway, should we, should we? Have you got any more news? Dream Troll was the fucking icing on the news cake this week. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I feel like there's a sort of like there's a the alien weaponry, Cargill the Exterminator, and Dream Troll. These sounds like these all sound like fucking Tim Bisley comics. Dude, I am a fucking like I said, I'm I'm a sucker for good advertising and a funny name so when you ask me to look for metal news yeah I'll get some serious stuff in there but if there's a band mm. with a stupid name that catches my attention I'm like I'm talking about that I don't, I don't care I what they are dumb. I like the dynamic where I try and find like <laughs> things that have happened in the metal world of like you know it could sort of garner on a political narrative or something like that or how the industry is shaping up and you're just coming in with some fucking band I've done my, I think that's good that's good I think that's all ground covered <laughs> This entire podcast is about finding people to talk about this shit with. So I think this is exactly the correct yeah. way to go about it. Yeah, if, if you're like, yeah, eyebrow, oh, this is what happened to the state of music, this is go, it's going to affect the economy, you can look at the, uh, you know, the broadsheet of Jim's news. Whereas yeah. if you want the knuckle dragger, oh, oh, look at his funny name, where's my next copy of Razzle coming, you can come to my news section. <laughs> fine, fine with that. Fine with either. Should we move on to our feature for the day, which isn't really a feature, it's just me and you chatting shit. <laughs> Like it always is. <laughs> yeah, I thought we should talk about our bucket lists because yeah, in in our sort of like in our time of being friends, in our time of sort of into intermingling with the community, yeah. the metal community, we've uh, we've seen a lot of fucking ace shit, and we've done we a lot of done ace some shit fucking stuff, man. Yeah, um, but we've never actually sort of reconciled it and gone, what would you like to do? Mm. you know what I mean so I thought it might be good to sort of come up with like a bucket list of things and I'd like to make the first pitch and I think we should make this a podcast goal go on we need to get Rod Smallwood <laughs> manager manager of Iron Maiden and take him out for drinks in Huddersfield yes yes we do we are because I think it's, it's not like I don't, I don't feel like it's ridiculously unattainable because if I think like if you pick another metal podcast like, oh I'd love to meet Bruce Dickinson fuck that mm. We have nothing to offer Bruce Dickinson. We and do, he has nothing all. to... <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've sort of realised that the value I get from like interacting with musicians or like celebrities or anyone I hold in kind of any kind of esteem, I only yeah. sort of like benefit from it if I feel like I've got something to bring to the table in that dialogue. And I feel like they're engaging with it. Like when you tell the singer from Dropkicks he can play fiddle work in men's clothing. He can't. Wait around twenty minutes after the fucking gig just for you to say that line to him. 
Oh, yeah, there was one, I was at one of them, you know, those celebrity zoos when um, there's a convention. I was getting some Star Wars stuff signed. I know just a bunch of like, you know, fucking this guy was in Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Uh, and David Hayter, who was Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series, was there. And I was like, I'm getting my fucking Metal Gear Solid um, copy signed. Yeah. And I thought, ah, oh, I'll ask him a question. Hopefully it's not a shit one. And hopefully it's, you know. And I said, of all the shit you've done, like, because there's, everyone knows he's Solid Snake. He wrote the first draft of the Watchmen film that Zack Snyder produced in oh, did 2009. I? Yeah, he wrote the first one. He wrote the first two X Men films. Yeah. He's really, like, properly accomplished writer. Yeah. So I asked him, so what, what have you done which hasn't worked out that we don't know about? Mm. And he put his pen down, and he was like, that's fucking mm. brilliant. He didn't say it like that, but he was like, you've rattled <laughs> off yeah, a load of stuff. <laughs> you fucking throw me for a blinder there, lad. <laughs> Sit the he, pen down. He did a, um, a Black Widow script, which I don't know if that's to do anything to do with the new Black Widow film that's coming out. Yeah. He's trying to write a Metal Gear Solid film, which is slowly moving forward, but there's a metric fucked on of stuff and he seemed to like he was he seemed like happy and engaged by that question and was actually racking his brain to sort of convey yeah, that information yeah. and i quite that's what i like out of a good sort of celebrity yeah. interaction not oh i'm in the presence of this person yeah, which i, like, I, I was yeah. saying yesterday on, on a particular podcast which you were listening to though they had a guest on and he was very much leading the show because they, they yeah. weren't asking anything they weren't trying yeah. to they weren't trying to take this individual this unique individual for what he was and trying to extract good information from no. him. Uh, you know, they were just yeah. like, how are you? Yeah. Uh, what about COVID then? Yeah. You know, it's, fuck that. See, whereas I think if he can get on that podcast, which had uh, no, no numbers whatsoever, maybe, maybe we should try and just reach out to Kurt Oisander and get him on Oisander, Oisander, Oisander. I'm sorry, Kurt, but yeah, um, maybe we should try and reach out to him and see if he wants to chat shit with us about metal for a while. There's that, and there's the fact that I don't know anything about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so there's yeah, like so a load of shit I could talk about there. I know I know a bit, but I don't know much, but yeah, we could talk to him about that, but then go, look, Kurt, we know everyone just wants to talk to you about, you know, jiu-jitsu and shit, cool, we've done that, we know that's who you are, but dude, fucking bands, you've lived in the Bay Area all your life, what tales do you have about the early days of fucking thrash, come on. Yeah. And bringing it completely back to the start, I don't think we could offer Bruce Dickinson or anyone like from that sort of tier of, mm. of sort of like dream people to meet. Mm. Uh, I don't think there'd be, there would be a good engagement or a good dialogue that we'd have that fucking time mm. for us. But Rod Smallwood being a man from Huddersfield mm. and being quite central into the, in the metal um, sort of an influential metal figure. Mm. I feel like he'd be up for a pint and I mm. feel like we could ask a lot of interesting questions for the manager of Iron Maiden. I think yeah. that's for me, that feels like a really valuable thing. Yeah. That is, a, that is a good thing. Mm. Would you agree that is the goal of this podcast? That's like the milestone. We can, we can not, only, milestone. not only, if that ever happens, not only could we stop the podcast, we could also stop being friends. <laughs> having achieved, um, having achieved its objective. <laughs> the pinnacle of friendship. Yeah. Yeah, we could, we could do that. So which pub though in Huddersfield? There's a shit ton. The parish is dead. Yeah. Um, oh, what's that one that's uh, right at the top of town? Real good ale pub. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Let's not do this. <laughs> Rat and Ratchet, that was that's the brewery pub, isn't it? Was that the ones that, I think it's kind of like green something. It doesn't matter. There's a load of like it's like Halifax. Like Halifax in the middle of town is a few good pubs, but there's a lot yeah. of shit ones. But if you go to the the outside, if you go through the valleys, yeah. like actual Calder Valleys, there's a load of nice, oh, yeah. awesome pubs. Jump, so if jump we like, train. yeah, if we jump on train for a start, or we just we get a fucking Uber and we say, yeah. Rod, get in. Gary and Rod will turn up to his mansion and be like, Rod, jump in, lad. Because you know it's going to be him going, oh, there's a bloody uh, cow and calf down here. Uh, oh, it's shut. Oh, never mind. Sorry, the plumber's arms. Are... Oh, it's shut. Sure. <laughs> Tell you what, lads, we'll go back to your mansion and we'll sit in my shed. <laughs> cool. So, Ron, um, do you want to wear mine that I actually thought of today when I was panicking for what was on the bucket list? Yeah, <laughs> right. I think on everyone's metal bucket list, you should travel to a country to one gig, not a festival, for a gig. So where you're seeing a band for a two, two hour, you know, set, if that, where the price of seeing the band is completely disproportionate to, to the <laughs> travel fees. So what I mean is, like, it'd be the equivalent of us going to like a 
20, you know, 15 quid gig, something like that, for like some really underground band, but they say they're only playing in fucking Gdansk. So you pay 15 <laughs> quid for your gig ticket, and then all your travelling hotels and shit is completely disproportionate to the actual gig ticket. It's so almost just, like when we travelled to Manchester to see Forlorn Up. Yes, exactly. Like we did that, but more, but with more booze and not coffee. <laughs> but yeah, but that thing, so like when people, you know, you, you, st- and standing out like a sore thumb would be a bonus as well. So, you know, if you went to somewhere like Italy, where everyone's, you know, like tanned and got dark hair and there's me fucking, you know, Aryan fucking poster child stood at the back sort of thing and like, hey, you know, what's, what's, what's you doing here? It's like, oh, come to this gig. Oh, you live around here? No, mate, I've just come to this gig. <laughs> I've travelled from England. To Arcane, from Arcane lands to be here with you. Yeah, 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 and it's like on a Tuesday or something like that. It's not a weekend gig or like that. It's on a Tuesday, <laughs> so there's fuck all happening after the gig as well. But you know, just having that amount of cash and that much desire to see a band like I will. On, this band are only doing two dates in Europe. They're from Australia. I will go see them. <laughs> I'd be well up for that. It's, yeah, a, it's just it's just an intentional city break. Yeah, but it's just that sort of like decadent thing of like you get really excited because like oh my god, this set's got to be good. This set's got to be fucking god. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's on the metal bucket list, and I didn't get I didn't get any further than that because, like you said, we're quite um we're quite accomplished in stupid shit that we've done. Yeah, agreed. Um, you might you might like a couple of mine then. All right, um, go on. One's okay. an easy easy one for me is I feel like I owe Matt Heafy a beer. Yeah, you've said this quite a bit. Your your bromance with Matt Heafy is getting quite. Quite evident. This it's totally it's a unilateral uh, parasocial relationship. Yeah, I think he's groomed you online. I think. <laughs> I think um, this is this is the affinity I've got with Matt Heafy, and I'll, I'll try and explain this in a, as much of an academic way as possible, so as not to uh, make people think that I'm in love with him. <laughs> Jim's in love with Matt Heafy. Yeah. So Trivium came out in 2005. Fucking obsessed with the band. Thought they were great, but since then. Did you have posters on the wall, Jim? I didn't. They're probably oh. the one band I've not got a poster of. Oh, so it wasn't, you know, those pictures where Matt Eiffel used to wear vests all the time. You didn't have those with his strong guitar playing arms. <laughs> strong guitar playing arms, and he always had Deans for about a year and a half and for some reason. <laughs> um, but now that I'm older, it's like we're within the same age range. We've had kids at roughly the same time. Um, mm. His outlook and his sort of disposition on things and when i mean Mm. things i'm thinking i'm thinking like how he as a person and and how trivium is a brand and how all these things interact with the wider world i resonate with because i've had gone through a similar journey in my Mm. own vocation and it's really boils down to um i feel like if you were to put our lives on a parallel path we both stopped giving a fuck at roughly the same time Mm. we stopped giving a fuck about what people thought or stopped giving a fuck about you know Mm. uh generally we stop putting things on pedestals and that. I think, I think for me that resonates with me and to mm. buy him a beer would be, uh, equitable because they definitely, that band definitely lost money that mm. night. We drank with them in Bradford. Mm. They did. They did. They definitely lost money that night. I know when um, Travis kept giving us Jaegers, um, he gave me a free yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. So that I definitely owe Matt if you a pint. Yeah. I think. You think that's a, that's a nice bucket list. I think. Yeah. I've got one for you. It's it's vaguely metal related. Okay, so there's a psychology lecturer and textbook writer called Andy Field. Okay, <laughs> I know where this is going. Right, and he loves he loves his metal. Massive Iron Maiden fan. All he ever posts about on Facebook is stats Iron Maiden and his cat. But he released a list of all the um, albums that he owns and how he rates them at some point. And right. um, all of the, uh, and he slated all the Motley Crue albums. Completely slated them. So I want to go to a uh, uh, psychology conference at some point, stick my hand, when obviously Andy Field's there doing some sort of talk when he asks for any questions, stick my hand up there and go, uh, yes, uh, Professor Field, what the fuck is your problem with Motley Crue? <laughs> I like it. And then hopefully we'll go out for beers and he can tell me what his problem with Motley Crue is and I can convince him that he's horribly wrong. The thing is, though, it seems petty and silly, Dave. However, the feature <laughs> we got next week <laughs> is nothing but <laughs> ridiculous and petty on, the, on a similar similar vibe but a massive scale. Is this my feature? Um, no, this no. is a secret, a secret um, 
Operator oh, lurking yeah. in the shadows of uh, the UK yeah, no. media industry. Yeah, no, no, we're trying to is, yeah, yeah, this, flush oh, out. That one, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. yeah, cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, what, one thing that we could do as soon as lockdown's over, this is a bucket list item for me, road trip to the Bond Scott statue in Scotland. Yes, well, that, because I've seen the one in Perth. Oh, I've, that's cool. I've got a picture of the one in Perth land in Australia, so. Oh, that's awesome. I can get the we can have a picture of me with the picture of the Perth one next to the Scotland one. That'll be good. That will be good, yeah. It'll be a bit shit because I haven't seen the Perth one to be honest, Rob. But never you mind. It's all right. Show me Facebook. We'll we'll sort it out. It's fine. I'll show you it. Photoshop me in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll Photoshop you in. Yeah. <laughs> but not a recent picture of you. A picture of you from ten years ago or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Jim in Perth. <laughs> when, um, my next one is, I think it'd be good to do a race to Gothenburg. Do a road race to Goth- Gothenburg. I think they did mm. it on Top Gear. Mm. Just like reasonable saloon yeah. cars. Like Who gets to Gothenburg first? Yeah, that'd be fun. Gothenburg's an interesting city. Of course you've been, haven't you? I've been, Jim. Did you go to Kangrish Knack's record store? Um... I don't think I don't think it was him. It might have been Euronymous that had a record store. I, I went to the one in Oslo called Nesblot, which was the sort of hub of the black metal scene in Oslo for a good while, and that was a very right. cool fucking music shop. Yeah. Um, I and this was going to be one of my bucket listings because I went over there to like discover the roots of black metal, discovered fuck all, and didn't see any churches that had burned down. <laughs> so I think you go there and actually do what I fucking set out to do. Just to be clear, you didn't set out to burn churches, did you? No, 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 no. I set to like go to the churches that were burned. So obviously, I went to fucking Bergen because that's where it all happened. But then me being eighteen and daft, thought it all happened in the middle of fucking Bergen. But of course, it didn't happen in the middle of fucking Bergen. It happened somewhere out in the wilds, didn't it? <laughs> you know, I didn't think it through, mate. I didn't, did it? But you know, I was eighteen and daft, and which is on brand for. Black metal uh, musicians yeah. burning down yeah, churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were daft in 18 when they did all that. I would daft in 18 when they did all that. So, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking up that journey is your burning down a church. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So have you not got anything on your list? Like, wouldn't you like to meet Metallica or, like, a high-five a fucking the yeah. one-armed drummer from Fleppard? What's his name? Yeah, I'm just built at Sheffield. We could do that. It's fine. Um... But no, I was trying to think, Jim. I was trying to think outside the box because, like you said, we don't. This, this, to me, this podcast is just it's it's something a bit different. Whereas every other fucking podcast in the world, you say metal bucket list. Oh, we do. Oh, meet so and so, so and so here. Go and do this. But it's like, no, I want a shout at a psychology professor because of his opinions on Motley Crue. <laughs> I'm completely with you. Yeah, I was, know, trying, I was trying to bait more content from you, but you're absolutely fucking right. No, this is why it's hard to think about, Jim, because I don't want to sit there. It's like, it's like I'm just taking inspiration from Bill Bailey when he's saying, you know, in that part troll bit where he does, where he's like going, you know, people's bucket list. It's always, oh, swing with dolphins, do all this. He goes, why not just do something wild, you know, like lunge at the Pope? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that should be on there. Hey, maybe he'd probably, he'd probably accept it, this, mm. this one. He's probably a good bloke. He's a, he's a, I don't know. That's a great lunch, mate. I, I can't do his accent. It's a, he's, he's from down south. But yeah, so maybe that. But yeah, I just thought a bit of outside the box, and I know I've had all week to think about it. But no, it's I, all right. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about and it. And the thing is, though, what what people don't know is that our bucket list tends to come and go every week. Yeah. Well. Just, it becomes less yeah. of a bucket list, more things we want to do at that moment. But we have got the the, 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 the crucible of this entire podcast, which is to get Rod Smallwood out for pints. <laughs> mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. terms of buying Matt Hafey B a beer, I mm. I don't mean I, I want to go out for a beer with him. Because Sorry, I just to, to, my, to, my, yeah, to my other point, I don't think I've got anything to offer Matt Hafey. Mm. At all. Mm-hmm. Unless he's into underwater hockey or he's intrigued by it, I've got, mm. I've got no, I've got no, there's no Maybe part it. of me that would engage him in a conversation. Maybe. Therefore, let's not ruin, let's not ruin everything. Just get him a beer because I technically own one. Remember, Jim, remember what we should, right. I've got this, Jim. I've got this, right. We can combine quite a few of these together. Okay, so what we do is we get Ron Smallwood out for a pint. We then take him on a plane and we go to California where Matt Heafer and Kurt Oisander live together. So, 
We can then I can go off and do the jujitsu thing. You can go off and do underwater hockey with Matt Heafy in the fucking sea, and then we get one of those peddly beer bikes sort of thing and just pedal oh. around you know San Francisco, <laughs> <laughs> having pints with them three. Are we not uh, squeezing in the Bon Scott statue? Oh fuck it, yeah, we can do it. We can fly from Glasgow. We'll fly from Edinburgh. Yeah, fly, yeah, fly from, from Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, fly from Edinburgh. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Yeah, we've got it. Cool. That cool. can be Plan A. Plan yeah. A, and then Plan B is just taking Rod out for pints. All right, cool. We'll see. We'll see how that goes, and we'll see what's what. Yeah. I've got one more on my bucket list, which is is right. I want to reach the lofty heights of um of game video game voice acting. Right. Okay. Let me explain. So I play this um, Half Life mod called Battlegrounds Three. Yeah. Not PUBG, not Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. This mm-hmm. is Battlegrounds Three. This has been this is a game that's been around for fucking years and years. Mm. And what it is, it's just a capture the typically it's a capture the flag game. Mm. Uh, about ten players each side, but it's set in the American Revolution. So one side's British, one side's American. You only get mm. one shot per minute. About mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, mm. I'm exaggerating. Um, mm-hmm. You make line formations. You charge each other with bayonets. It's a lot of fun. But because they're constantly developing it because it's a free game, they're always mm. on the lookout for like people who can design maps, and they had an ad out for um, mm. voice actors. So I put my name down and said, I'm happy to provide some like sharp quotes and basically get away from that flag, you Yankee bastard, mm-hmm. and all that shit. So I think it'd be my, it'd be, that'd be CV worthy. Mm. And it'd yeah. be my dream to be on Battlegrounds 3 as um, mm. British, British Soldier 1. Mm-hmm. How dare you shoot that powder keg without my express permission, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Go on, stab him in face. These are the, this is my my sample. This is my fucking highlight this reel. Audition. This is your audition. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I've always felt like being you know, an extra in a film or just but just someone who dies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wrote repeatedly, as in like across many different productions. No, 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 just just one, you know, where you need sort of like, you know, say you need some sort of like fantasy film where you need sort of like, you know, fucking knuckle-dragging airy bloke sort of thing. All right, knuckle-dragging airy bloke, right, do this. You're going to get shot with an arrow, right, die, don't, done, you know, fuck off home after you that. You just want to moon people like they did in Braveheart. I do want to moon people like they did in Braveheart. Yeah, I know you. I, know I can't friend. remember the last time I mooned anyone, so. Too old for it now, I'll have to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment. Oh, <laughs> all right. Wrap this up. I think. I think um. Up. Yeah. Go on then. So, what are you up to? Well, hang on. What the, the section's called. What the fuck are you playing at? Right, <laughs> Jim. You're gonna love this. Okay. In an attempt to improve my public speaking skills, I watched an hour-long video on scholars' cradles. Okay. A scholar's cradle is things that academics do with their hands to make them seem more academic whilst talking. So, sort of like, you know, like putting your hands together in a steeple thing and then bending it forward and pushing your hands out. You know, like. Oh, is that. Um, is, did they teach you to eat protein yogurt as well? Uh, no, they didn't. That was just me. But <laughs> that's it was you going off. Going yeah, off that's, yeah, that was me going off peace. But yeah, no, this was a. Um, <clears throat> Lindy Beige video, and I was just captivated for an hour of him doing that, and I've actually been uh, putting it into practice, and you know, I just sort of, like holding my hands in like two black metal claws, but you push the fingertips together, and that's called the cage. Whoa. And you sort of like stand okay. there in public, and your arms out in your pockets, they're not gesturing wildly like that Michelin web, you know, Bravemen, Viva, you know. It's, <laughs> it's to avoid doing that, so you just sit there with your things in your scholar's cradle gesture occasionally and then put them back and you look far more wise and it also works when you're uh, sitting down as well so you're not sat there sort of like you know resting your hands on your cock you can sort of like rest them on the hands of your chair and just sit here and sway like a bond villain <laughs> it's actually quite good because it's it's kind of like the physical equivalent of someone telling you not to say uh or uh yeah, yeah, in yeah, between yeah. words when you're yeah. speaking yeah no that's it and it's it's quite relaxing as well because you sort of you sort of sit there and you can feel yourself getting tense when you're pushing your fingers together, so you just tell your center to relax and then you can also alternate it where you sort of like make a make a pistol and then grip your fingers together and you can point at people or just sit there and twist it up and be like, yeah, yes, yes, and all this. So, yeah, that's what well, I, uh, I wish you well on your, your future endeavors of clawing around your crotch <laughs> in an effort to make people listen to you. That is exactly what I just said, Yeah. <laughs> So, Jim, what what you been fucking playing out this week, then? Um, so, it's been a bit weird. I've been sort of all over the place. So, I've started reading Stephen King on writing. 
Right. Which is a nice, it's like an autobiographical um, pondering by Stephen King. I, mm. I, yeah, it's quite lightweight, which is nice. It's a good read. Mm. It's really easy to get into, and it is quite interesting as to how he came about, you know, mm-hmm. um, writing all the stuff that he's written uh, and all the stuff he did before. And that, and that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite good. I, I wanted some inspiration because I was obviously started scripting a lot more of these um, bits yeah, yeah. That, will, that will start hitting us week after next, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just a, it's just a good way to. I just, I just recommend everyone read that because it's just fucking nonfiction, piss easy to get into, and it's about yeah. a guy you don't know everything about. No one really knows a lot about Stephen King other than he's a massive coke addict. He or he was like, a he was a massive coke addict. And he looks like you think Stephen King would look like because he looks yeah. like lurch with glasses, don't he? Essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Stephen King's kind of he's the thin Lizzie of your literary world <laughs> it's like you never you never pick the lane specifically to obsess over for a while and this is yeah. a good way to do it yeah, uh, yeah. additionally there i've been watching uh, this guy on youtube he, his name is matthew poser right uh, oh, USA, and he's literally it's just him and his fucking dogs going out camping and the videos are like two hours three hours long oh he's, okay he's, he's just chill as hell he just got a GoPro on the front of his canoe. He's just going out into the wilderness. And yeah. going, yeah. So last time we got a few fish. I don't want to be paddling in nighttime, but, you know, uh, Monty's having a good time, Monty being the dog. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, there's something about it that's completely captivated me. Interesting. I have been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight as well, and I can't watch them both at the same time because Dead by Daylight is very sort of like sound-driven. Like, yeah, yeah. You've got to listen to what's going on around you, and this mad bastard in a canoe is just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> So two extremes there, zombies and peaceful canoeing. Not zombies, Dave. You've not no. been listening. Killers. Killers, right. Sorry, killers. Yeah. Killers, yeah. not zombies. Okay, killers. I'd right. also like to take the opportunity to thank Aldrich and um, who fucking else retweeted us last week? Metal. Oh, no, there's, an, there's another thing called um, the Blair Project. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they, they spell it differently. They spell it B L E U R G H. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very yeah, as is Blair. They've got the French at the end. Yeah. That's how I see it. But, so yeah, uh, Drake are... was kind enough to, to retweet us um, our last our last episode. So Old Drake, honorary bless Eiffel. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make it stick, Jim. I'm gonna make it stick. Bless Eiffels. It's here. It's gonna stick. I'm sure it will. <laughs> I've got no doubts about it. Yeah, we'll all be bless Eiffels soon. We'll It'll be, be the new believers, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do we, do we have any more bless eyeballs on the old Twitter? Um, none that I'm going to shout out. I could, if, you, <laughs> if, you give me, if you give me just a second, I'll pull them up and I'll edit this gap out. Give me some fucking numbers, Jim. Give me some numbers. That's what we want. Um, I haven't done a great deal of whoring, if I'm brutally honest. Good, uh, good. Keep your vagina intact. Say, yeah, on six followers. <laughs> um, a guy called Metal Mike, who's um, his... his his sort of bio just says one of the few people to have kill them all before ride the lightning came out. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the heavy metal yet. He's been uh, retweeting us, which is very kind of him as well. Yes. That is very kind for a beast that lives in the woods. Yep. And that's about it. Cool. Cool. That's, that's so. the people listening. So <laughs> seven people listening. Sweet. Hey, man, that's, that's yeah. That's we dreamed of. It's people we can talk to. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> we're just doing this to make friends because nobody loves us. <laughs> no, we're doing it to make friends of similar interests because we're going into our own little bubbles as we get into middle age. That's the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the midlife crisis before the midlife. Is this the pre-crisis? This is the low-budget midlife crisis. We can't afford smart cars, so. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, if you're Corey Taylor, we can't do rap albums. Kind of rap albums or other stuff, yeah. So next week is um, an actual. It's an actual thing that we've been doing. We've been, yeah, we've been talking about this for fucking years. We've been talking about it for years. We think we've had some ground on it now, and it's um, interesting as fuck. If you've got nothing else going on in your life, <laughs> <laughs> um, or some of you may have insights. So yeah, we'll right, next yeah, week. Yeah, it's gonna be very much a call out. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very much a call-out next week. So I'm introducing the topic, going as far as we have with it. I have a few little surprises for you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing too, nothing too contentious or interesting. But really, next week is about getting the word out and getting people to help us in our quest. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll I'll do some extra research as well to see if we come to the same conclusions or what other um, niche facts I can uh, find out. That'd be good. That would be very good. Cool. Right. So, uh, just wrap this up then. So, give us a holler, man. Reach out, say hello on uh, Temple of Blair on Twitter. That's B L E H. I'm at Robert Jets, but like Boba Fett. Raw's on Jack shit because he's sensible. Indeed. Um, what was your sign off last week? It was Good Blair, wasn't it? Good Blair, yeah. Good, good Blair, Blair, mate. Good yeah. Blair. To all, the bl- to all the Blair disciples in the world, good Blair. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>